Welcome to the Hillside Baptist Chapel's weekly podcast. Please listen as Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, teaches from God's Word. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, pastor, phone or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Come, let us adore. 
Dale and Linda are officially back now, and uh, hey, we're going to put him to work just as soon as he gets back. Dale, lead us in our opening prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and what it means to all of us. We thank you that you loved us enough to send your Son to live and die for us and be our way of being with you. Yes, Father. Thank you for coming back, for allowing us to come back here to be with this group of, of like-minded persons. Thank you for getting me through that small heart attack I had. And uh, that was the bad part of the trip. But everything else is wonderful and, and we are so grateful for everything that you do for us and that you've done for us. Lead God and direct us in, in everything we do and everything we say. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right, I was going to tell you about his heart attack, but he told you, didn't he? You could be seated. Um, but uh, we are very thankful that he's back with us and uh, uh, had a good trip. We're glad all of you are here this morning. Thank you for being here today. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll have some more come in as we get started. I don't know where some others are that uh, are not here yet. But anyway, uh, thank you for being here. And uh, Frank, uh, come and give us our uh, prayer updates Today, please. Morning, everyone. I'm assuming everybody got the email about Fred and Marlene. Well, Marlene, uh, a couple days ago, uh, three or four days ago, she fell in the kitchen and she broke her arm, her wrist. And, uh, but uh, she's doing much better now. She's in a little pain. But uh, yeah, they went to Davy and she had it set and she had to have it operated on too. So they definitely need your prayers on that. But uh, it worked out okay. We, we had on the prayer list for a long time, um, Shirley, she's our neighbor. Well, she passed away last night. Uh, she was um, roughly 87 years old. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that her, her family needs prayer now. I've been talking her to her brother, Bill, I'm sorry. Which, and uh, he's supposed to come down about 30 days and take care of some things. So they definitely need your prayers. Other than that, that's about all I have. Thank you. Okay, in uh, the email that I sent out, I gave you an update on uh, Betty, Betty Gray, and uh, she uh, is doing better. We're very thankful about that. Uh, and let me see. Wanda? Remember Freddie? Yeah, Freddie. Uh, his uh, knee is uh, swelled up this morning, and uh, he's not able to be with us, and so we missed him and his family. All right. Am I leaving out anybody else? If not, our next hymn is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel.
rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, Israel. O come, O King of nations, bind in one the hearts of all. Division cease and be yourself a king of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee. Oh, come, oh, come, great Lord of might, who to your tribes on Sinai's high. In ancient times you gave the I don't know why it is they think you have to have snow to have Christmas, right? <laughs> Wanda and I were talking about that today. And I think it was today. It may have been yesterday. But anyway, there's a lot of places in the world that don't have snow at Christmas, right? What about south of us? South America? 
any of Central America that I know of, they don't have snow. Australia. There's other places too, of course. All right. Today I want to speak on the subject of Jesus, God's final word. I hope you get the meaning of that as we have this message today. John chapter 1. Turn with me, if you will. We're going to be reading the first five verses of this chapter as we think about this subject. Jesus, God's final word. The Bible says here, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Our Father, we thank You today for the privilege of being able to be in Your house, worshiping You. We pray that You would open our hearts and our minds, as well as our eyes, to be able to see the things that You are placing before us. We pray that You'd be with those that can't be with us today. You know the needs in their lives and the things that are the hindrance to keep them from being here. We pray for Your blessings on them. But we ask Your blessings on those that are here today and those that are listening by our podcast. And Father, we pray that Your will might be done in each of our lives. Help us to look to You. Help us to honor You. Help us to be the people that You need us to be. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of the statistics that I was able to look up this past week tells us that the average American, now I couldn't find anything about the Panamanians, but the average American spent last year $720 on Christmas presents that year. $720. That doesn't seem like a whole lot of money. But Scroogeonomics, I don't know whether you've ever heard of that or not, their author, Joel Waldengel, sees this as foolish. He points out that 18% of the money that's spent on Christmas presents, that was $12 billion last year, $12 billion, goes for items we don't want, or won't use. So Linda, be careful what you get Dale this Christmas. <laughs> 18%. After Christmas, two months goes by before most of the bills are paid. And some of the bills are not paid even then. 
from Christmas I'm talking about. But all of this is quite distant from the true spirit of Christmas. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. As you know, we've been looking at the great I Am's in the book of John. And you know and I know that that's talking about Jesus, isn't it? And as we look at the subject of Christmas, it means Christ, doesn't it? It's actually taken from a Catholic word, Christ Mass. But we know that it's talking about Jesus, don't we? And who He is. In the weeks before Christmas, the couple of weeks that we've got left, I, I would like for us to focus on this person. He is the I Am, but He is the Emmanuel that we looked at in the song a moment ago. And He is the focus of all the Gospel story whether we're talking about from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or you're talking about the rest of the New Testament. He is the focus. He is the individual that we need to see. And I'd like for us to look at each person of the Trinity as we look at this particular subject. We'll also spend some thoughts about ourselves as believers. Because, believe it or not, we who have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we're part of that Christmas story as well. Now look back at our text. In the beginning was the Word. What does that mean? I remember when we were studying this in Greek class. In arche, in halogos. <laughs> well, you don't understand that probably, but uh, I don't really understand it much either. But it means in the beginning was the Word, doesn't it? But what is the Word? What is that telling us? Jesus, the second person of the Trinity is God's final word. The Greek term here in that text is logos. And it means word. And it refers not only to language, words, but it also refers to reason and ordering putting things in order. Purpose. The purpose for the universe. The purpose for creation. That's all wrapped up in this word, logos, here in this very first verse. We could actually spend a long time talking about just this one verse of Scripture. But the Jews would have understood the term to refer to Scripture, the Word of God. Also, 
God's rulership of creation. Not only is He the fulfillment of Scripture, you see that's the idea that's given here. He fulfills the Word of God. But He is also the ordering principle of God in all the universe. Now John knew that when he used this word, he was conveying these meanings to the original audience that read these words. He intended them to understand the logos, the word. But one of the things that is surprising to the Jews, as well as probably the Gentiles back in that period of time, it not only refers to the Scriptures, it not only refers to words, but it refers to an individual. Did you see that? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It refers to an individual. Calling an individual the Word. How can that be? You see, as the Word is proclaimed, this Logos, it's the ultimate good news for humanity. Now people have been poisoned by sin and death, right? We know that sin came from the beginning. When God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. But thanks be to God, Jesus made this gift of Himself and provided life, made it available for us, that we might be His children, that we might understand who this Logos is, and we might believe in Him, and trust Him, and what He did on Calvary, that we might have His salvation. Notice, if you would, verse 4. In Him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. John 14, 6, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, he was talking about himself, wasn't he? And as we think about this Logos in the very beginning that John introduces us to, it's Jesus. Now how do we make application for this to ourselves? I don't know what kinds of traditions that you have at Christmas. Most of us have some. some. <laughs> and um, uh, one of the things that a lot of people do is to sit with the family and read the Bible story on Christmas Eve. I think that's a good tradition. This is something good for people to do. And I would encourage you 
instead of reading the traditional Bible uh, rendering of Jesus being born, shepherds coming and all of that, read the first 18 verses of the book of John. In your personal Bible study or with your family this Christmas. It's one of the most beautiful and poetic passages in all the scriptures. And it captures perfectly the true meaning of what Christmas is. It's Jesus coming to this earth, isn't it? Isn't that the story that we're trying to see and trying to get people to understand? But you see, it's not just Him coming as a baby. This Jesus was here before time began. God had, in His mind's eye, already painted the masterpiece of the grace of God. A beautiful picture of grace that Jesus the Son would give as He came to this earth, as He became man. Before the breathtaking splendor of creation, now, now think about creation for just a moment and what Jesus did. Before that took place, You remember Jesus, or God spoke. We know it was Jesus from reading this. Let there be light. Isn't that the first thing that we find? There was darkness upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. But before He did that, He had already determined what He was going to do when man sinned. You mean God created man with the understanding that yes, he was going to sin and he was going to have to send his Savior, his Son, into the world to redeem us? Yes. Before God spoke, let there be light, he knew that Jesus was going to come. And we find that in these very first verses of the Scriptures in the book of Genesis. It wasn't long after God had created that we find Adam and Eve partaking of the forbidden fruit. And thereby bringing death and destruction on God's creation. All of God's creation. It wasn't just man that was involved, it was all that God had created. But we're identified with man, aren't we? And what happened to man when man sinned? Well, darkness returned, didn't it? On the soul of those individuals that had sinned against God. And light needed to again come into the world. Light need to be exposing 
what needed to be done for individuals to have God's salvation. For them to escape the death, the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. Isn't that right? The book of Romans tells us. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The whole message of the gospel is in that one verse as well, isn't it? So, in that scene of Adam and Eve's sin, we find the promise of the Savior. God placed a curse on the snake and on Satan, the embodiment of the snake. And then He promised that His seed would bruise the head of the serpent. This is the promise of God giving us His salvation. Destroying the destroyer. Putting to death the deceiver. So how could God redeem His masterpiece that he had painted with creation. What could rescue us? This pitiful portrait that has the breath of God in their lungs. You see, it took God Himself, didn't it? It took God Himself becoming man to redeem man. There's a lot to that story. But I think it was with a weeping heart for people that God dipped His brush in Calvary scarlet ink and wrote the message on rough wooden banner pinned against an empty sky for all to read. And in these bold crimson words, God was saying, I love you. That's the message that God was giving to Adam and Eve. That's the message that He's giving us. And that's what we find in the book of John. This is the message of Christmas because He loves us. God has come to redeem us. It's coming. <laughs> to bring life back. To bring color back to our lives. To expel the darkness of our hearts and the darkness from the world. Now who would have thought as God gave that promise in the very beginning that this is what He was talking about. But He was, wasn't He? God becoming man. And not just Him materializing on the earth as a full grown human being. God could have done that. But He came as a baby. 
And Jesus experienced life like you and I have. He went through all the pains, all the trouble, all the sorrows, all the cares that human life brings, doesn't it? Doesn't it bring problems? Some of you have recently lost loved ones, and, and we know the pain of that. We know what death is like. But, as we experience life, we can remember that Jesus came and He experienced life as we do too. All but one thing. He was just like Matthew here. Except you know what? Matthew is a sinner. Isn't he? So am I. So is his dad and mom and Bob and Frank and George and you know <laughs> I go around the room naming names, Robert. All of us are sinners, aren't we? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of what this baby was. Because this baby, well, it wasn't really this one, but we get the picture, right? <laughs> this is supposed to be Jesus. And when we, in our mind's eye, see Him coming to this earth as a baby, we know from the Scriptures that He is our Redeemer. And He was able to be our Redeemer because He never sinned. Not once. And so He became the perfect sacrifice for our sins. We can't talk to the manger, really, without thinking about Calvary. Without thinking about the cross where He died. Because it's all one story, isn't it? It's all one subject. And as the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the one and only from the Father. Amen. He is the one who dies on the cross and takes our sin there. That we might not have to bear the penalty of our sins. But you see... In order for us to not bear the penalty of our own sins, we have to place our faith and trust in what Jesus did. His death, burial, and resurrection. And His ascension back to the Father. And He's awaiting there, expecting until our enemies are made His footstool. And He's coming again, I think, very soon. I think very soon. And He's going to snatch us from this earth. But until He does that, each one of us have a job to do. Each one of us have a responsibility to live for Him. To serve Him. And it may be today that there are one or more under the sound of my voice that has never placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their Savior. Maybe some of you aren't following Him the way you ought to today, even though you know Him as your Savior. God has given you the opportunity today 
Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And He wants us to turn to Him and to serve Him while we have time and opportunity. Let us stand together and we're going to sing our final hymn, O Holy Night. Now's the time. Would you come?
Well, I can't sing it like they can sing it, but uh, <laughs> beautiful song, isn't it? All right, Frank, would you come and lead us in our closing prayer, please? And again, we're thankful that you were able to be here with us today. Oh, Heavenly Father, just, just thank you for the service. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your word, oh, Lord, that came and saved us all, oh, Father. So give us grace, oh, Father, to be your hands and feet, oh, Father. Give us grace to love each other as we should and to love others and just help us through this trying time, oh, Father. I just thank you for your loving kindness and just for the day. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood, Pastor, Foreign or message at 6438-6541, email at steverwood002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to hbcprayerlist2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.